The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. All right, if you have your Bible, um, go ahead and open it up to Acts, the book of Acts. And we're going to start in chapter 18 of Acts. We're beginning a brand new series today called The Rest of the Story. And this series is all about the person of the Holy Spirit and his role in your life. And it's going to be an amazing series. In fact, I believe this is going to be a landmark series for our church in connecting us with the person of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit, the, the person God sent us to help us to, to walk out this Christian life that we're supposed to, to walk out. And so I'm going to let you know today we're going we're gonna to cover a lot of ground. We're going to look at a lot of verses. I hope you're cool with the Bible uh, because we believe the Bible today. And, and what I want you to see today is not just my opinion on these things, but it, actually what the Word of God has to say about, about the Holy Spirit. Um, so Acts chapter 18. As we jump into this today, I want you to know something, okay? There's more that God has for you. God has more for every one of you in here. I, I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care if you, if you got saved last week, if you were one of the 58 last week that accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't care if you've been saved your entire life. I promise you, God has more for you. God has more for every one of you. And, and that's what this series is about. It's about helping you to step into and to partner with God to experience the more that he has for you. So in, in this, what we're getting ready to read here in Acts chapter 18 is a story of a guy named Apollos. And Apollos was, was a guy who believed in Jesus. Uh, he was a disciple of John the Baptist. And he, he, he had, uh, this takes place after Jesus has died on the cross. He's been resurrected. He's ascended up to heaven. This takes place after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit has, has fallen. And, and so the church is being built. The early church is being built in the world, is being launched. And this guy named Apollos is going out and he's preaching and he's teaching. He's trying to help people. And there's this ministry couple named Priscilla and Aquila. I guess if your name's rhymed, you got married back in the day. But, but there's this ministry couple, and they come across his path, and they notice that something is missing, all right? And, and so they speak into that. Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 24, says this. A man named Apollos came to Ephesus. He was a Jew born in Alexandria, Egypt, a terrific speaker, eloquent and powerful in his preaching of scriptures. He was well-educated, in the way of the master and fiery in his enthusiasm. That, that term fiery and enthusiasm means he was bubbling over with enthusiasm. This guy was excited. He was enthusiastic. He wanted to get this, this message out there. He wanted to preach. He wanted to help people to repent and get their lives right. It goes on to say, Apollos was accurate in everything he taught about Jesus. So he's teaching about Jesus, but look what it says next. Up to a point. Here's what that tells me. It tells me that something was missing. He, he, he knew about Jesus, he had a relationship with Jesus, but there's something not quite right, there's something missing. Okay, so Apollos is this guy, he loves God, he, he's been baptized by John the Baptist, which is, which is a, a baptism of repentance, in fact it goes on to say that here, it says, uh, but he only was as far as the baptism of John, he only went as far as the baptism of John. So, so he believed in the baptism of repentance, he believed in, in the Messiah had come and Jesus, but he didn't really know Everything And so look at what happens. Priscilla and Aquila come on the scene. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and told him, here it is, here's what the series is based on, the rest of the story. The King James Version says it like this. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more perfectly. 
Okay, so, so Apollos knew about John the Baptist. He knew about uh, the, the, the baptism of repentance. He knew about that. He was fiery. He was enthusiastic. He loved Jesus. He wanted people's lives to be changed, but something was missing. He was giving everything he had, but he didn't have everything. And so Priscilla and Aquila come on and they say, hey, let, let us kind of bring you aside and, and let us show you a few more things that, that you're missing here. Now, Priscilla and Aquila were disciples of the Apostle Paul. You've probably heard of the Apostle Paul before. He was, he was Saul and then he had this change that God took place in his life. He changed his name to Paul. He became a huge, integral part in the church being built, the New Testament church being built. And Paul uh, discipled Priscilla and Aquila. He taught them. And so he's the one that taught them to think like this, to see this guy and to see something was missing in him. And I want to show you, jump over one chapter to Acts chapter 19, and I want to show you an encounter that Paul had that was very similar to the one Priscilla and Aquila had with, with Apollos. Okay, Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 1, it says this. Now it happened that while Apollos was away in Corinth, Paul made his way down through the mountains, came to Ephesus, and happened on some disciples there. These disciples are disciples of Apollos. Okay, So they, they believe the same way Apollos. They're disciples of him. They believe in Jesus. They, they believe in a baptism of repentance. But I want you to notice, I want you to look at the emphasis that Paul has in their life. Look at the next question he asked them. The first thing he said was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you take God into your mind only, or did you also embrace him with your heart? Did he get inside of you? Now look at what they say in response to this, and maybe this is where you are today. Look at what they say. We've never even heard of that, a Holy Spirit, God within us. How were you baptized then, asked Paul? In John's baptism, just like Apollos, a baptism of repentance. That explains it, said Paul. John preached a baptism of radical life change so that people would be ready to receive the one coming after him, who turned out to be Jesus. If you've been baptized in John's baptism, you're ready now for the real thing, for Jesus. And they were. As soon as they heard of it, they were baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. So they they knew about Jesus, but they didn't fully understand the finished work that Jesus accomplished for them through the cross. They didn't understand everything that Jesus had for them, and they didn't understand the Holy Spirit. And look at what it goes on to say. Then Paul put his hands on their heads and the Holy Spirit entered them. From that moment on, they were praising God in tongues and talking about God's actions. Notice the emphasis that Paul has on these guys. He comes across these guys. He sees them. He sees a love of God in them. He sees a love of Jesus in them, but he sees something's missing. And so he wants them to get the full thing because here's what he understood. If you don't have this, you're missing something. You don't have the fullness to be able to walk out and do what it is that God has called you to walk out. That's what Priscilla and Aquila saw in Apollos. He, he loves God. He wants to, be, he wants to impact the, this world for God, but he's missing something. And because he's missing something, it's going to keep him from fully experiencing and walking in the life that God has called him to walk in. Now, my question for you this morning is, is that where you find yourself today? Are you someone that, that believes in God? You, you've accepted Jesus into your life, but maybe you don't fully understand what all Jesus purchased for you. And you don't have a real understanding of this person of the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you, if that's you today and you don't have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, I say this with all kindness, I don't say this to, to be mean to you or anything, but let me just tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out on something that God wants you to have on someone that God wants you to have a relationship. See, there's more to the story. 
God has more for you. And here's my second point. If you're taking notes, my first point was there's more to the story. Point number two is this. The Holy Spirit is the rest of the story. The Holy Spirit's the rest of the story. God sent us the Holy Spirit to be the rest of the story. Now flip it back over to Acts chapter 1. Very beginning of Acts. If you have your Bible, you can flip there. If not, you can totally look on with me on these screens up here. And I want you to look at this. And we're going to look at a, a time Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he's getting ready to descend into heaven. This is after the cross. This is after the resurrection. Jesus has been here on this earth teaching these guys, walking with these guys. And now he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. And he's getting ready to leave. But he, he begins to have this conversation with them, telling them about somebody that he's going to send to be with them and, and that's going to help them. And he gives them some instructions. And these are his final words. Now, let me just kind of refresh you on this. The guys he's talking to here are his disciples. Okay, For three years, these guys have been with him all the time. They have personally seen with their own eyes him do these miracles. They have heard with their own ears him, him teach this message like no one has ever taught it before. They've also had access to ask him questions, personal questions, been on boats with him, been in these more intimate settings where they're talking with him and, and growing in knowledge. They've seen him do miraculous things. They've seen him heal people. They've seen him pull money out of fish's mouth. I mean, they've seen all of this, and now they've seen him, him die on a cross and be resurrected, and, and now he's getting ready to leave, and he's giving them his final statement here of what to do next. Now think about Jesus. If he's going to give these guys final words here, these words probably mean something, right? These are Jesus's final words to his disciples. Look at this. Acts chapter one, verse four. And being assembled together with them, talking about his guys, his disciples, these guys that have been with him for three years all the time, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Everybody say wait. Wait for the promise of the father, which is he said, you have, been, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus' final words, his final instructions. Maybe you've heard it taught that Jesus' final words were, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That was part of what he, his final instructions. But his final words were, don't do that until you get this. He said, wait. He said, wait. Now, think about this. These guys are with him all the time. Here's what Jesus was saying to them. Jesus said this to them basically. He said, it's not enough to have been personally apprenticed under me to go do what you need to do. You need something more. You need the Holy Spirit with you. Now think about this. If these guys who have been with Jesus in the flesh, here on this earth for three years all the time, if they needed the Holy Spirit to go complete the work God was calling them to do, to experience the kind of life that God wanted them to experience, don't you think maybe we do too? Don't you think maybe this is something for us that we need to, to have, that we need the Holy Spirit, we need the rest of the story with us? The Holy Spirit is the rest of the story. If you don't know him, you're missing out on what God has for you. And, and here's why, because number three, here's my third point. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Flip over to John chapter 16. I know I'm giving you a lot of verses, but I want you to see this in Scripture. This is not my opinion. This is the Word of God. John chapter 16. And this is a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples before he goes to the cross. This was the Last Supper. And John 14, 15, and 16, is, is, is all one, those three chapters are one conversation at the Last Supper that he had with them. And it's in this conversation that he introduces to them for the first time this 
this helper that he is going to send to them, that's going to help them as they go ahead. He's telling them, I'm going to leave. I'm getting ready to go, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Look at this with me, John 14, verse 16. He says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Notice how he's referring to the Holy Spirit here. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He calls him a helper. And you're going to see that over and over again here. That he, talking about the Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now skip down to verse 26. He goes on to say, but the helper, this is the second time he's referred to as the helper, uh, comes whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me, and you also will bear witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. Now jump over to John 16, verse 7. It goes on to say this. Jesus is saying this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. In other words, here's what he's saying. What I'm about to tell you may be kind of hard to believe, but you need to believe it. And look at what he says. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, fourth time he's referred to as a helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. See, Jesus wasn't done with his disciples. He had more that they needed to understand that they needed to know. So he tells them, I got many things to say to you. And and the Holy Spirit's going to be the one that tells you these things. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Four times in these verses, in this conversation, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as being our helper. Now, that word helper comes from the, the Greek word parakletos. Now, if you're new to church, you're new to things of God, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. And when you study these words, sometimes there's more to the words than what we get out of them in our English language. We hear helper and we kind of get, you know, he's, he's there to help me. But there's more to it when we study it. Parakletos means two things. Para, break it up into two words. Para means alongside, and kletos means to walk. So here's what Jesus was saying. I'm going to send you somebody who's going to come and they're going to walk alongside you and they're going to help you. They're going to walk with you and they're going to, they're going to be there to, to guide you and to help you through life. And notice what Jesus says. This is crazy. He says this. He says, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. Now how could that be, right? I mean, this is Jesus we're talking about. Jesus who healed everybody that came across his path that was sick. Jesus who paid people's debts and bills by pulling money out of a fish's mouth. Jesus who preached in a way that no one else had ever taught before. This is, this is that Jesus, and he's saying, it's better that I go away. Now, let me, let me show you this. Back to John 14, verse 16, Jesus said this, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, that word another there is the Greek word alos. And alos means this, it means one of the very same kind, same character, same everything, nearly a duplicate. So he's saying, I'm going to send you this helper in the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be just like me. Almost a duplicate of who I am. What you've seen in me is what you're going to see. Here's what he's telling his disciples. Yes, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you somebody that's going to be with you, that's just like me, that's going to help you to to do the things that I've called you to do in the days ahead. And we still hear that and we kind of think, yeah, but it, would be, it still would be better if Jesus was here. 
I mean, if he was here in the flesh, that would be so awesome. Well, let's think about that for a, for a, for a second here. Let's, let's, let's break that down from a practical standpoint, okay? Did a little thinking this week, and here's what I came up with, all right? There's 7.6 billion people on the planet Earth right now. 7.6 billion. And when Jesus was here on the Earth, he could only be in one geographical location at a time. Because when he was here on the earth, he was a man, he had to do things that men do. He had to go to the bathroom. He had to go to sleep. He had to eat. So let's say that Jesus was here in the flesh, that after he rose from the dead, he just stayed here on the earth and just kind of was here. That means that for you to have time with him, you would have to go to wherever he was. Because he can't be everywhere at once, he's, he's just here. So you'd have to go to wherever he was, and you would have to work within you know, the limits of him being in a, a human being. Which means he can't be, you know, awake 24 hours a day. He, let's, so let's do this. Let's give him a 14-hour work day. It's a long day. And we'll let him work seven days a week, okay? He's not, he's not going to honor the principle of the Sabbath. He's going to throw that one out the door. But, but let's give him seven days a week, 14 hours a day. And let's just say this for the sake of this. Let's say that there was a million people waiting in line to see him. Even though there's 7.6 billion people on the planet, just a million are waiting to see him, okay? And you are number one million, and, and because of time, let's, let's give him 60 seconds to talk to each person. 60 seconds for you to ask a question and get an answer, which isn't very long, right? If you're the millionth person in line, it would take you three and a half years before you would be able to enter into a room with him and ask him a question and have 60 seconds to get an answer. That's not very good, is it? And that's just a million people waiting in line. Imagine 7.6 billion people want to see Jesus. Why is it better? Here's why it's better. Because through the Holy Spirit, me and you have access to someone who is exactly almost a duplicate of Jesus, who can come to live with inside of us, who doesn't go to sleep, who's there 24 hours a day, who can be with every one of us, speaking to every one of us on, in every nation and every continent across this world, all at the same time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's good news, my friends. You have access to the very nature and character of Jesus Christ, to the person that, that God sent here to help you anytime you need it. That's amazing. That's why it's better. See, Jesus wants to, he wanted to help you, so he sent you this gift, this helper of the Holy Spirit to come and to be with you. He is your parakletos. He is the part of God that wants to walk alongside you here on earth and help you in your daily life. That word parakletos, it means a lot of different things. We'll talk about some of those throughout this series, but one of the things it means is he wants to be your counselor. He wants to give you counsel. Now, the, the counselor, if you look that up, definition of counselor is a person trained to give guidance on personal, social, or psychological problems. Now remember what, what John 16, verse 13, Jesus said this. He says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you, right? He'll counsel you. He will guide you into all truth. He wants to guide you. He wants to speak to you. Look at what it goes on to say. For he will not speak on his own authority. Notice that the Holy Spirit speaks. He will not speak on his own authority. He will counsel you. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He'll tell you things to come. He can tell you what the future holds. I did some study this week, and I found this out. This is amazing to me. You know that a psychic, the average psychic in America makes $200 an hour. That's, that's online with like what lawyers and some doctors make. And people pay it. Why? Because they want to know what the future holds. How many of you would like to know what the future holds? That would be helpful. 
You're lying if you don't have your hand up right now. Put your hand up. You want it. We all want to know what the future holds. That's why people pay these crazy demon-possessed people $200 an hour to tell them this false version of what the future holds. But listen, here's the good news for me and you. We don't have to go to some demon-possessed person and find out what the future holds. We have access to the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he will guide you into all truth. He knows what's coming up. That's awesome. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. A few years ago... um, we were living in Dallas, Texas, and we were getting ready to, to, to move and plant New Song. We were in the process of moving to Oklahoma City to, to start New Song Church, to plant this church. And we were working with our church in Dallas, Gateway Church, and working through that process of when we were going to be leaving and how we were going to be sent into the city and all that stuff. And so we didn't exactly know how long it was going to take, but we knew that within the year we were going to be, we were going to be moving away. Well, well, one day I got a call from my wife, and she says, hey... Um, Something's going on at the house upstairs. It is so hot, and I cannot get it to, to cool off. And so I came home and walked into my house, and downstairs, everything felt, felt good. But as you begin to go up the stairs, as you ascended into the upper level, you begin to feel the heat. This is summertime in Texas, which is like Oklahoma. It gets hot, okay? And so I get up there, and this is where all of the kids' rooms are. Our, our, our daughter, Sunny, was just a little baby at this time. Her nursery was up there. And I walk in there, and the thermostat says that it's 91 degrees. So the air conditioner's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And so I call an air conditioner guy, and I, I went back to work, because there's nothing I can do right now. I went back to work. An air conditioner guy comes to the house. He looks at it, and he gives me a call. He calls me up, and he says, hey, here's the deal. Your air conditioner is kind of old. It's over 10 years old, and uh, it's, it's kind of on its last leg. There's a couple things we can do. I can replace a part on it, and, and it'll fix the problem for a little bit, but I can't tell you how long that's going to be. Um, it'll cost you $500 to replace this part, uh, but, it would also, but, but what you really need to do is somewhere down the road, you need to replace the air conditioner unit, which is going to cost you about $5,000. Now, I can replace this part... And it may last you a week, it may last you a month, it may last six months. I can't really tell you that, um, but, but if it only lasts you a week, you're still going to have to pay the $5,000 to replace this, plus you're going to be out the $500. So I, I'm going, well, you know, if I don't have to replace an air conditioner because I'm not going to be living in this house, I don't know how much longer, I'd rather not invest money into a house I'm getting ready to move out of. And yet, you know, I, I, don't, I have no idea what to do. I don't want to do this and then be out $5,500. And we were just in a situation, didn't know what to do. And we're getting ready to go plant a church. We need our money, okay? <laughs> you plant a church, you leave your job, you leave everything behind. We needed all the money we could save at this time. And so I called up my wife, Sarah, and you've probably done this before. Something comes up and you have a, a godly spouse and you think, I'll call them up. Maybe God spoke to them. And so I call up Sarah. I'm like, hey, Hun, I just got off the phone with the air conditioner guy. Here's what he told me. What do you think we should do? She goes, I don't know. Thank you. That was very helpful. <laughs> so uh, I said, well, let's just do this. I don't know what to do other than pray. So let's just pray and let's just invite God into this. And so we agreed we were going to pray. And I hung up the phone and I put on some worship music in my office. And I just began to pray. And, and here's how I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. But I know you know what to do. I know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and the Bible tells me he can guide me into all truth. He knows the future. I don't know the future. I need to know what to do here. So, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you show me what to do? Would you give me direction in this and in, in, in how to handle this? And so I, I was just praying, and I was just thinking about this. And as I'm doing it, I got a verse reference. And when I say a verse reference, I didn't actually get a verse like I actually know what the verse says. I just got a reference to a verse. 
And I have done this before. Maybe you have too. You've been praying and all of a sudden you hear like a verse reference in your mind and you go look it up and half the time it doesn't mean anything, right? Have you ever done that before? Uh, okay, maybe it's just me, but I, I do it. It's happened to me before. And so when this started happening, I was like, this probably just, I mean, what are the odds that this verse is going to speak to an air conditioner issue? Like, I need you to speak to me, Lord. I need to know, like, and so I kept praying, and I kept trying to put that out of my mind. But you ever had something in your mind, and you, as the more you, like, it just gets bigger and bigger. Like, now I'm not just hearing it, I'm seeing it. Like, I can see this verse. I can see Psalms 103, verse 16. Psalms 103, verse 16. God, I want you to speak to me. Psalms 103. God, could you help me to kind of disconnect? So finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look it up so I can move on. I know it has nothing to do probably with what I'm dealing with here, but I'm just going to look it up so I can move on. So I look up Psalms 103, verse 16, and here's what it says. It says, the wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. My jaw hit the desk. (laughs) I knew exactly what it meant. Here's what it means. The wind is the air conditioner. The air conditioner, you can replace the part and the air conditioner is going to work as long as you're there and you'll never have a problem with it until you guys move away and then you won't have to worry about it. I was like sitting there going, this is unbelievable. I called up Sarah and she had like a hard time believing me on this one. I was like, I swear to you, this is what it says. I mean, this is amazing. Like, understand this, the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible, by the way, the spirit of truth, he's the one that helped the people that penned the Bible. He's the one that inspired them and what to say. He knows it by memory, the whole thing. And so when I started asking him, would you speak to me? He guided me to a verse that would speak to exactly the situation I was dealing with. Of the 31,102 verses in the Bible, he guided me to one that would speak to an air conditioning issue in the Old Testament. That's amazing, right? And here's what you see. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. He knows the future. He wants to help you. Now, hear me. I'm not saying, okay, hear me. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying when you have a question that you need to just kind of randomly go, God, give me a verse. And like most of the time when God speaks to me through the Bible, it's through verses I already know. He'll guide me that way or he'll speak to me in other ways. We'll talk more about that in this series in the days ahead. But I'm not telling you like go home and say, Lord, tell me what to do. Open up the Bible, point to a verse. That's not a good idea. In fact, there's, a, there's an old uh, kind of joke that I've heard in, in churches before about that idea. This guy that one day he was, he was needing some direction from the Lord, and so he went home and he did that. He put a Bible on his desk, and he said, Lord, I want you to guide me to the exact verse and what to do. Closed his eyes, opened up his Bible, pointed to a verse, and it says, And Judas went out and hung himself. He said, no, that can't be it. That can't be the Lord speaking. So he closed his Bible up. He opened it up again. He pointed to a verse, and it said, Go thou and do likewise. So it can get a little dangerous if you do that. I'm just warning you, all right? My point is not to teach you a method. My point is for you to understand an idea. And here's the idea. You have a helper. You have a counselor who wants to speak with you. He knows what the future holds. He knows what's ahead of you. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're dealing with. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. He wants to walk alongside you and help you. I can tell you from my own experience, it is amazing. People in this room who've been filled with the Spirit can tell you, it's amazing how God will speak to you and guide you and direct you and lead you through the helper of the Holy Spirit. He wants to help you. Maybe you're staring at a situation right now that that looks very scary, that looks very intimidating. You don't know what to do. You're not sure what he wants to pull you out of the realm of your circumstances and bring you to a place of victory that he has waiting for you. I I heard this story this week um, about this football game that took place in 1982. 
It was with the Wisconsin Badgers, and they were taking on the Michigan State Spartans. Okay, so, so this football game begins, and it's in Wisconsin. 60,000 screaming Wisconsin football fans are there that day, excited to cheer on their team. Uh, so they kick off the game, and, and very quickly, uh, Michigan State began to basically have their way with Wisconsin. It was not going good. They were beating them into submission. It was very apparent that Michigan State was the better team. And so by about the first, end of the first quarter, the game was, was out of hand. But something interesting started happening within the game. Randomly throughout the game, they would hear cheers from the Wisconsin fans. Like these random cheers would just come out of nowhere. And, and the football players were looking around wondering, like, it, it even happened at one point, there was a fumble in the game. And when this fumble happened, the, the, the crowd erupted with cheering. <laughs> and and they're, they're watching this. They're looking around the coaches. Nobody has any idea. Why is, this, why is this happening? Well, it turned out, 70 miles down the road, the Milwaukee Brewers were taking on the St. Louis Cardinals in game four of the World Series. And they were winning that game. And there was a bunch of people in the audience that had these little transistor radios, and they had them in their ear. And they were tuned into that game and that victory that was taking place in another realm. So even though they were looking at defeat in front of them, their ears were tuned in to a greater victory that was taking place. Guys, this is really good. I hope you, get, you know where I'm going with this. That's one of the works of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to counsel you and come into your life. And when you're looking at at defeat in the face, he wants to come alongside you. He wants to get in your ear. He wants to get in your heart. He wants to speak to you. And he wants to say, there's a greater victory on the way. There's a greater win coming. There's a greater battle. The victory's been won and you're going to step into it. Just stay faithful. Keep plowing ahead. Keep moving forward. Keep faithful to God. Trust in God and he will lead you into the victory that he's called you to walk in. That's the counselor. That's the helper. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the one that Jesus sent to us to help us. Guys, this is an amazing thing that we have in the Holy Spirit. The rest of the story. And if you don't have a relationship with him, man, I want you to experience all that God has for you. The Spirit of God wants to get in your ear. He wants to get in your heart. And he wants to tell you what to say. He wants to show you what's ahead. He wants to show you what to do. He wants to speak life into the deathly situations you may be staring at. He, he wants to help. He wants to counsel you. You don't have to do this thing alone. Don't do this thing alone. Don't be unwise. Jesus said, wait, because he knew he was going to give them something worth waiting for. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to wait. Today, you can receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Today, you can step into a relationship with the helper and have this relationship with the part of God that wants to walk alongside you and guide you and help you in every area of your life. And maybe you're here today and you know Jesus, you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you've never taken that next step of inviting the Holy Spirit into your life and being baptized in the Holy Spirit and welcoming his work into your life and the person of the Holy Spirit in to help you. If that's you today, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you to, to walk in this relationship. Maybe you're here today and you still have a lot of questions. That's okay if you do. We're going we're gonna to tackle a lot of questions over the next few weeks. Let me just say this. We're, we're just getting started, okay? I, I could have preached four hours today, but I'm, I'm having to draw it back, okay? Because there's a lot I want to tell you about. 
that has to do with the Holy Spirit and and the relationship you can have with him. Make sure you are here every week. Don't miss a week. Don't miss a week of this series. Commit to be here over the next five weeks, including today. Commit to be here so you can can get this in you. Commit to listen to this message again. Commit to look up these verses yourself and study this stuff and get in this stuff. God has something more for you, no matter where you are. Maybe you're here today and you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit at some point in your life, but, but you haven't continued to walk in that. The Bible talks about being baptized and the Spirit talks about be being baptized. That means we, we continually go to God and we ask him to fill us up with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've, you've been baptized at one point, but you've kind of let that run out and you, you don't have any kind of real relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want to pray with you today, help you to be baptized and, and, and receive a fullness for God to fill you back up with the Holy Spirit today. But let's start here, okay? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.